have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the stranger, Glenn Stansberry. Yes, I have been a stranger, haven't I, Brian? It's been like several weeks since I've seen you. We're like ships in the night. You were away, then I was away. Then I was hiding from you. Then you were hiding. And here we are. Mm-hmm. So... And then you tracked me down to my house. <laughs> it brought your chainsaw over. Yeah. <laughs> Fired it up. Brian! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to be back, Brian. I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm I, a little, a little part of me missed missing the last uh, normally scheduled episode of the Gentleman Podcast. Uh, yeah. Well, it really throws a monkey wrench into everything. It does. That's for sure. <laughs> and speaking of monkey wrenches, Glenn, mm. we are co-founders. Uh, we are two co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a fun little site. You should go visit it. It, uh, it's funny. It's joyful it's educational mm-hmm. it's incredible um it'll make you laugh cry feel all the human emotions that uh are gonna tug at your heartstrings and maybe you'll learn something yeah at the same time uh so stop on by gentleman.com and then once you've done that uh you can head over to podcast.gentleman.com where you can find uh all the links that we're gonna talk about on the show tonight and uh some of the 158 previous beers that we've rated and uh, after you've listened to all 158 previous episodes, you're probably going to want to get in touch with me and Glenn mm-hmm. um, for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. But that's great, because you can do so by sending a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We will get your letter. We will take it. We will put it up on the hall slash wall of fame, which we know is a hall of fame. <sighs> and then we'll talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast, and we'll probably send you send you something back in return. Mm-hmm. Because that's just how we do things. That's right, Brian. We're, we're thorough. It's better to send letters than to receive them. That is certainly true. <laughs> Sometimes, depending on the letter. Cease and desist. <coughs> mm, excuse me. Um, so, okay. John Doe. But if you... Yeah. John Deere letter. John Deere letter. Uh, <laughs> but if you can't send a letter to us, that's fine. Uh, we also have an electronic mail account, which we will get if you send it to howdyatgentleman.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can get in touch with us that way, too. So, um, uh, A quick note, though. All of our emails now being monitored by a third party. Uh, just to make sure, uh, for no reason, that we don't step out of any legal uh, boundaries. That's right. You have to keep um, everything on the up and up. So don't... No, no more... You know who I'm talking about. Yep. No more of those uh, pictures, okay? Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know what kind of emails you've been receiving, but well, the, the, uh, maybe those are getting filtered out on my account. Mm. I don't know, Glenn. That's a good question. Um, we'll talk about that after the show. Um, so anyway, Glenn, let's get into the media episode, which is the drink of the week this week. And uh, Glenn, I went to the liquor store tonight, and you know, uh, it's it's becoming a strange, it's a strange adventure when I go to the liquor store these days. You know, it used to be like I'd walk in and it was like Cheers or something. You know, there was only eight beers there. Right, they're there every time you come. You, you know, I, I'm going to go get some of that Boulevard thing. Yep. Or maybe that Free State, you know, 
beer. Now I walk in there and uh, I don't recognize anything. It's like, and uh, the humble lager, the humble amber is getting replaced by dark infused, hazy, sour, purple, sour, uh, magic nitro, magic nitro brew. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't even know. They should totally make one of those. <laughs> I, I need like a translator to explain to me what's in the beer or what it's going to taste like, you know? That's yeah. Well, I mean, we did kind of build one. That's true. That's true. Well, anyway, Glenn, uh, this is the, this is the charlatan American pale ale. I've never seen this brewery before. It's a Chicago brewery. They're called Maplewood. Um, hmm. They had a few different kinds. This was their American Pale Ale. I almost got a lager, but I kind of just felt like, eh, why not just go for it and get the, uh, the Pale Ale. Yeah. Um, but uh, this this should be interesting. It's a little hoppy. Um, it says it's 35 IBUs right on the can. What I like about this can is that they tell you on the can exactly what you're doing dealing with here. They break down the hops, the grain, the IBUs, uh, the alcohol by volume, percentage you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of nice up, up front you're getting a little bit of an idea about what's going on here yeah I, I dig their branding too like they've done a good job they've thought through a lot of things with uh, what they put on the can what they put on the website mm-hmm. uh, I'm also a sucker for any logo that has a mustache and a monocle of some yep. sort mm-hmm. so right maybe maybe it's just me maybe I'm just biased but yeah well I, yeah, I you could be Glenn I don't know <laughs> uh, maybe I was sucked in by that too We'll never know. Um, but anyway, Glenn, let's. Uh, so we're gonna pop these open, yeah, and then we're gonna taste them. We're gonna give them our own arbitrary rating, and then we're gonna get a rating from our proprietary, um, scientifical, empirically um, accurate mustache twist scale computer, which we built uh, specifically to give non-biased, scientifically provable beer ratings. Brad, I'm looking at the can here. Mm-hmm. It's four different kind of hops. Yeah, but, you know, it could have 10 different kinds of hops, and as sure. long as the IBUs weren't uh, crazy. Then... I, I would I would agree with you, except <clears throat> except one of the hops is called Warrior. Uh, Warrior hops. So mm. this is this is a new one for me. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Let's see here. Mmm. Mmm, clean, aromatic. Watch that pour there. Mm. Just gonna give it some space. My smelly instincts uh, really kick in there. That's, that's pretty hoppy. <clears throat> smells like a Colorado pine right there. Uh, cheers. Cheers, my friend. Maybe that lager would have been better. That's not bad. That's pretty good. It's not bad, actually. I thought it was gonna be super hoppy, but it's really not. That's really good. Yeah. It's refreshing. It is kind of refreshing. It's a good summertime drink. Okay, Glenn. Mm. Well. If you had to give this an arbitrary rating that doesn't matter at all, what would you uh, what would you give it? So this is a pale ale. I like pale ales. It's kind of like the kissing cousin of the IPA. Mm-hmm. Maybe little brother, little brother. <clears throat> um, so it is hoppy, but it is. oh, Brian, this is good. This is smooth. The hops don't like bite at you like some pale ales do. Mm-hmm. I like this a lot, actually. Yeah, it's not. Bad. I think if I had to uh, give it an arbitrary number, it'd be an eight point three. 8.3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I forgot to tell you the price. It was, oh, right. 
It was nine ninety nine. I'm sorry. For a pint? For it's for four pints. For four pints. Yeah. So it's a little bit. It's a little bit higher. It is. Yeah, on the higher side. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I'm still going to stand by my 8.3. I think I'm going to go an 8 on this. This is actually surprisingly good, Mm -hmm. um, despite the fact that there's some decent amount of hops in here. Okay, Glenn. Mm. You said 8.3, right? I did. Okay. So uh, that means it's time to type some facts into the MTS computer, and then we'll get a printout. That'll give us a scientifically provable uh, rating for this charlatan ale from the Maplewood Brewing Company. Okay, so, Glenn... The price is $9.99, we said, mm. so it's a little bit hot on the higher side. Um, we also said that the IBUs were 35. The alcohol by volume is 6.1%. Mm. And then uh, it's a pale ale, and there are warrior hops <laughs> in it, and centennial hops. So. Simcoe. Yeah. Interesting. Now let's not. Uh, knows. Everybody has Simcoe hops, right? These days. And the caramel grain. Mm. Oh yeah, they have a grain profile in there as well. Yeah. What is seven SRM? Who's that? The color? Oh. Maybe? Yeah. I mean, I should know this. I meant like, what is seven? Is it like close to seven point two or like how far apart? Are... Okay. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question, Glenn. It's not very <clears throat> accurate. Nope. Um, anyways, well, Glenn, I can hear that the MTS computer has completed its uh, mission, and so I'm going to go get that print off, and then we'll know what the uh, rating for the Charlottesville Ale is. Mm. Chicago Brewery, yeah, Chi Town. All right, I got the print off here. Mm. Sounds heavy. Yeah, let me heft it over here. here. (laughs) Okay. All right, Glenn, let me uh, flip through this thing real quick here and just get to the rating, which we all are intrigued by. Mm-hmm. Now, so we'll get over the year. Then. Oh, okay, Glenn, it's a 8.15. Wow. that's The eights are great. Eights are great. That's pretty good. Um, wow. Are you surprised by that? You know, um, I, I would be, but I, I think it's, it's pretty good. Um, and... You know, if it wasn't for the price, it might have gotten right a little better. Also, you know, it comes in four pints instead of six six pack. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian. Well, I just uh, fact checked. Uh, I shouldn't say fact checked. We, we for reference, we we go to beersnob.com to see mm-hmm. how they have written. They have a community of beer, quote unquote, sommeliers, right? Who <clears throat> do what we do, except you know, unscientifically, mm-hmm. and they just kind of write about things that don't matter, like things that hit them on the nose and. You know, notes of candied bacon. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, turns out they have also given given the um, the <clears throat> charlatan a an almost identical score. They've given it a seven point nine six. Brian. Yeah. Pretty close. So, so very very off. similar. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Strangely close. These, these descriptions here. Lots of citrus and herbs. Tropical pineapple, orange, melon, grapefruit aromas. Not to mention herbal garlic, onion, and thyme. Did you... Are we drinking two different beers here? I think so. Garlic? I don't know. Okay. Or maybe we're just different people, Glenn. That's true. We are different. Okay, Glenn. Well, moving on. We don't need to talk about beer snobs Mm-mm. that much. 
Um, let's get into some interesting posts from gentlemen.com in the last two weeks or so. Okay, Glenn. Uh, well, starting off, our good friend of the site, Jordan, mm-hmm. posted this article that I, I really, it really hit home for me, you know? Um, I've been trying to convince people of this for years. Mm-hmm. And the article's entitled, Nutritionist Says Pizza is Better for Breakfast Than Most Cereals. Ooh. And the gist of this article is there is some nutritionist somewhere. It doesn't matter where. I don't care which nutritionist it is. doesn't matter. Somewhere in the world, there's a, there's a well-qualified nutritionist <clears throat> that has made a statement that pizza yes. is actually better for you than most cereals. And her argument is that the amount of sugar in most cereals mm-hmm. is so high that actually a slice of pizza... Although it has more fat, does have less sugar, mm. so you'd be better uh, better off with the slice of pizza over most breakfast cereals mm. in the morning. That is surprising. Um, I, uh, I, I found Chelsea Amer. Okay, M S R D N. You don't need to worry CDN. about that. She's got lots of yeah. letters after her name. Yeah. So well qualified. That's what I was trying yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah, well qualified. You know? I-, I love breakfast pizza. I love yeah. pizza for breakfast. Mm-hmm. I love pizza. I, I, I'm on yep. board with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that she didn't recommend eating a salad with it of some kind. Or, right. It's pizza. Or, you can stand on its own. Right? You know, you can't, uh, you can't come out with a headline-grabbing article that says salad better than <laughs> right. cereal <laughs> right. for breakfast. Salad better than Fruit Loops. Maybe she tried that first, and everybody's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, what other pizza? Bacon. Nope, pizza. Okay. Yeah, basically what what I wanted to do after reading this was have a bowl of cereal alongside a slice of pizza. That got me wondering about some of my breakfast staples. Like, okay, you know Chick Fil A or McDonald's Ooh. breakfast. Oh, like which is healthier, Chick Fil A or McDonald's? <laughs> a big bowl of cereal or <laughs> Chick Fil A? Oh man, the Chick Fil A sandwiches. You know, I don't need to know. No, I mean it's great. Yeah, it's, no, I, no I, I'm saying I'm saying I don't need to know if it's healthier. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, then pizza. I'm just, I'm just gonna go. You know, yeah. I'm gonna go. Yeah, probably. Look, I'm sure you. Uh, I'm sure you only have like one a year. You know, yeah. So in moderation. Yeah, moderation and everything, right? Yeah, no big deal. Wow. So what, what? If you had to have a bowl of cereal, like if there's a bowl of cereal that could unseat a piece of pizza, is there one to you? Mm-mm. Nope. No, I mean I'd re- much rather have a slice of pizza. Okay. Okay. But I don't. I don't really have a go-to. I've never really liked cereal very much. Maybe when I was really? a kid, you know, I used to like Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. That's that was what I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, my my folks, uh, we never got the Lucky Charms brand though. We always got the off-brand. So mm. Marshmallow Mateys. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Still good. Um, and you know the other thing about me is I never liked milk in my cereal. What? Yeah. So I would typically have it dry. Wow. Yeah. That's why you didn't like cereal that much. Well, there could be something to that. Man, it's like peanut butter and jelly. Wait, do you yeah. like jelly? I like okay. peanut butter and jelly. Sandwich. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's I, I would be considered un-American. Yeah. If, uh, that would be the case. Gosh. So. Uh, anyway, Glenn. Okay. Well, that's settled. So start eating more pizza for breakfast and drop the cereal. You know you want to. It's healthier. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, Brian. It's, it's a no-brainer. Thank you, Jordan. Okay, Glenn. Well, what do we have up next? <laughs> All right. Well, the next uh, thing we're going to talk about is an article from MSN.com, a hard-hitting news website, MSN.com. Uh, and it's provided by a wonderful gentleman member, me. 
I provided this article, and it's titled, Couple Wins Millions Using Lottery Loophole. And I got to say, Brian, I clicked on this article, I read it, and it was not what I thought was going to happen. Right. Sorry. That came out very poorly. It was not what I thought it would be. Okay. A little deceptive. Yes. Um, and what happens is there's a there's a retired couple, um, Jerry and Marge Selby. Mm. And over the course of, I want to say, um, six or seven years, they won about $26 million playing the state lottery in uh, Michigan, and then, and then they branched out to other states. But basically what happens was... Jerry and Marge ran a convenience store, and they decided to retire. And Jerry's always been good with math. He has a math degree. And he saw this game that came out called Windfall. And um, the, the, the object of the game is that if nobody... There's random numbers, but if nobody wins the pot, it's a state lottery, then they add a number on the end. And then if nobody wins that, they add a number on the end. So Jerry used basic arithmetic to figure out the odds of how much money he need to invest in this game mm-hmm. in order to break even and then win money off it. So, and then it was a matter of scale. So basically Jerry would go out. I think he, uh, Oh, and it's funny because in this interview, the interviewer says, so how long did it take you to figure, you know, get this all down? He's like, ah, let's see. Yeah, three minutes. And uh, like three minutes, it didn't take you a couple of weeks to figure out this math problem. And he's like, no, it took about three minutes. He's like, here's how I did it. And he goes through like, Okay, I did a quick and dirty and divided by 18. And then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what? Anyway, so in 2003, uh, Jerry starts buying these lottery tickets. And then he lists friends and family to like expand the operation in other states. And all said, all told, they won $26 million um, without, and it wasn't like a con. He wasn't doing anything illegal. He was just playing the odds. And, mm-hmm. uh, which is surprising because we, we a lot of these stories come out like somebody has somebody on the inside that can you know give them the, the numbers or we we featured a tech I think on gentlemen about um, people gaming the McDonald's Monopoly game mm-hmm. um, I thought it was gonna be like that but no this is a straight up retired couple just knew how to do math and was smart about uh, how they played the game Brian yeah this is a it's an interesting story and. It turned out there was actually, at the same time, so it, this originated in, I want to say it was Michigan, mm-hmm. and then that game got shut down, Right. So they had to, they, but there was a similar game that started in Massachusetts, Right. so they had to drive like 14 hours to go like, and the, the thing about this that is strange to me is that it makes sense they're a convenience store owner, Yeah. because that's always the rub on that, is that, you know, if you were, if you wanted to buy... A million dollars worth of tickets you could technically you know in some cases like in this case you mm-hmm. could probably make money at it but the the thing is you're not expected to be able to go buy a million dollars worth of tickets right you know what i mean um but these people in a convenience store so right. they would just you know right buy the tickets right there right um and then when they went to massachusetts they said that they bought like millions of dollars worth of tickets at two convenience stores <laughs> i don't know how that happened do you, do you just like walk in? Put the in tickets one, in the bag. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> do you just like walk in one day and be like, look, this is going to probably take you like seven hours to, to run these tickets through, but we have, you know, a million dollars that we need to buy tickets. I, I wonder if they like call the managers, like, look, here's the deal. We're going to we'll make this worth in. your while. Man, Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how that we works. We give you a hundred bucks if you count all this for us. I'm sure that's actually probably what, like, the guy working at the convenience store doesn't care or gal. Yeah. Like, we'll like, just give you an extra. Here's $500. Bucks. Yep. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll do whatever you want, sir. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, well, anyway, Glenn, um, it said that a lot of the cases there were their little cartel that was doing this thing <laughs> could like a couple <laughs> retiree cartel. Yeah, a couple of retired farmers <laughs> and maybe I think a local. I don't know. A couple of local characters, and they interviewed them, and mm-hmm. they were saying that they paid for like their kids' yeah. education and stuff yeah. off the profits of the thing. So Formed a corporation. Gotta, I guess you gotta look in unlikely places sometimes, and you can find something that everybody else missed. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, that was, it's it was a really cool story. I actually really really enjoyed reading it. Um, so that's why I posted it, Brian. Cool. Well, thanks for posting that, Glenn. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, Brian. Um, now, if you could just find a lottery game, <laughs> that would be down. more helpful than <laughs> yeah. posting a link about it. Well, um, can't do it all. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, next up, our good friend Zamoose mm. uh, posted this article, and we, we've talked about a couple of things like this, uh, but this is the most recent one, and it's called Belgian Monks Resurrect 220-Year-Old Beer After Finding Recipe. So, in... Jolly old Belgium. <laughs> you know, monks are legendary in Belgium for being some of the original brewers that passed some of the original beer recipes down, and uh, especially ones that were popularized by mass producers in the 1950s. And this particular recipe was thought to be lost forever because this monastery, where they found the, the book that contained the recipe, uh, had actually been destroyed uh, by the French in 1798. It had been burned to the ground. But fortunately for this abbey of monks mm-hmm. and us, <laughs> um, somebody was quick, uh, thinking quick. And when they knew that the place was going to get burnt down, they removed a brick from the wall and shoved the book in there and mm-hmm. then covered it back up. But they might have hidden it too too well because yeah. it survived without being found for 220 years. Um, but these monks, they would change their beer recipe a lot and yeah. improve it. Yeah. So they were very uh, interested in, in constantly improving it. And mm-hmm. this is uh, this is their 220-year-old recipe. They didn't recreate it exactly because they basically say in the article that it tastes like crap. <laughs> they basically said that, that you, know, you wouldn't actually like you it. You wouldn't actually like it if, it, if you drank the, old, like the, the exact old stuff. So they kind of updated it a little bit. But it's still... <laughs> Built, I mean, brewed in the same kind of vein as this original beer. So, yeah, it's he he, uh, the 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 master brewer for the Abbey is saying that like, yeah, the beer actually back then was pretty tasteless and it was like liquid bread. Yeah. So, yeah, with with uh, with alcohol didn't have any warrior hops in that. That's right. <laughs> Monk hops. Yeah. So anyway, Glenn, um, I don't I didn't catch whether that this is going to be like somewhat widely available or it's only it's being brewed in um collaboration with carlsberg who's um who, you know a huge mm-hmm. brewer of beers i mean says they're going to produce three million three hundred and thirty million uh, three hundred and thirty milliliter glasses oh and it's 10.8 percent alcohol yeah yeah so they're they're quoting one of the guys is saying yeah, one or two's fine yeah two's a lot two two is i mean That's two like, is like the top of fine yeah if so. I had two 11% alcohol beers, like recording the podcast... How much is 330 mil? I don't... Well, here, how does that work? I don't know the math on that. I know. Ounces. Let's see here. It's uh, 11 ounces. So, okay. 
that's, almost that's a pint. A pretty, that's a pretty hefty. How many ounces in a pint? A pint is 16 ounces. That's right. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, if you're lucky enough to uh, get a hold of some of this beer, let us know. Let us know how it is. Yeah, if you're going to go to Belgium. Um, and if we track some down, we'll run through the MTS computer and see what it has to say about it. What a great story, though. Like, wow, oh, the Abbey's burning. Punch a hole in the wall. Put the books in there. That's a forward-thinking monk right there. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Risking everything to save the beer recipe. Hold on. Hold on. I'm leaving. Just one second. Yeah. <laughs> father yeah okay well all right glenn that was that was some interesting that was some riveting stuff on german.com mm. this week just a sliver just, just a, a taste sliver, just a tiny bit so if you want to check out any of those links stop on over to podcast.gentleman.com and you can follow the links there you can read through the articles and learn more about what we just talked about if you'd like to learn more about these links from gentleman.com <laughs> uh just kidding okay glenn well it's time for the toast this week and this was a really interesting story that you pointed in my direction mm. and this is all about Chinese mountain climber and I'm going to destroy this guy's name Jia Buyu Jia Buyu and this man lost both of his legs by trying to scale Mount Everest 40 years ago and now he's 69 and he went back in 2014 2015 and 2016 and then finally, he actually made the summit of Mount Everest 40 years after he lost his legs trying to do it the first time. So talk about uh, somebody that never gives up and keeps fearless fearless, and keeps working on his dream. Got it done. And he said it was, you know, much, it's considerably harder uh, mm-hmm. scaling a mountain because you can't feel things on your feet. And they're really important, you know, so you can... I mean, well, lots of things that we probably take for granted that we don't realize if you didn't have those senses um, and climbing uh, Mount Everest, obviously, is quite an accomplishment as it is. And he's 69 years old. Right. By the way. They said the last, uh, the 2016 attempt, they had to turn back because it turned back 100 meters from the summit because mm. of a, a blizzard. Gosh. I um, can't even imagine. But he, yeah. So uh, interestingly, Brian, he's not the first double amputee to climb the mountain he's but he but the other climber climbed it in 2006 a new zealander um but he's from the tibet side and and gia went from the the uh, nepal side okay so um yeah pretty cool also um he almost didn't get to go <laughs> this is so crazy he almost didn't get to go in 2017 because the um, Nepalese government... Oh, yeah, they changed the laws. Yeah, they changed the law to ban w- amputees and blind people from climbing Everest, which seems... Honestly, that seems like a probably a good thing. Um, what, do they just have like a police officer out there? I don't, but my... that's the thing. I was like, how do you enforce that? <laughs> Checkpoint. Yeah. How many fingers am I holding up? Yeah, seriously. Uh, does this hurt? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, yeah. But... but the Supreme Court overturned the decision. Good, so, good choice. God bless America. Yeah. Wait, is that the Nepalese Supreme? No, I don't know. Anyway, somebody's overturned it. A well-qualified court, <laughs> right? I assume somewhere saw the light. Yeah, and they they mm-hmm. got it done. So excellent. Well, uh, toast to Gia. Uh, Gia. Cheers. Knew you. Cheers. Okay, Glenn. Oh. It's an inspiring story. Mm. It's really cool when I read stuff like that. It makes me feel like a real jerk. Yep. 
<laughs> you know? This guy's a WM amputee, he's 69 years old, right. and scaling Everest. Right. I'm sitting on my couch in front of a microphone saying stupid stuff. Right. Yeah, it's it's really a lot of perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Never fun. give up, right? Never give up. Never give up. Okay, Glenn, well, let's talk about the uh, hot and button topic. topic. And this week, Glenn, for the first time, we're going to talk about Facebook. I almost didn't get out the... the I was a, a little frog in my throat there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's natural that uh, talking about Facebook is going to... I'm all choked up. Get you a little choked up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Facebook's been in the news recently. Well, for a lot of stuff. Mm. Seems like they're in the news every week. Mm-hmm. Um, which it shouldn't be, because it's such a... I don't think anybody uses Facebook anymore. Yeah. Just a couple billion people. Well... I mean, those those two billion people are getting notifications from yeah. Facebook. They can't figure out how not to use it. Yep. They can't figure out how to shut the notifications off. I, I am off. one of those yeah. two billion people. But anyway, Glenn, this is different. Oh, yeah. Because oh. today Facebook unveiled Libra, mm-hmm. their new cryptocurrency that's set for launch in 2020. Mm. And uh, just to give you a little bit of background, everybody knows what cryptocurrency is, right? Right. It's I've invested in it. Blockchain. Glenn's a heavy investor, early adopter. <laughs> You've heard of the Winklevoss twins, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Facebook, of course. Let's 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 move past cryptocurrency and let's move on to Facebook. Facebook, of course, sees this whole cryptocurrency thing taken off seven years ago, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, we need we need to do that. Mm-hmm. We should be involved with this in some way." And so uh, Facebook, but 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 this isn't like some money grab or anything. No, like no, that. no, 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 no. No, no, no. Because according to Facebook, uh, 1.7 billion adults worldwide don't have access to a bank account, which could particularly benefit women and people in developing countries. Mm. All over the world, people Mm -hmm. with less money pay more for financial services, citing burdens such as steep usage fees and high interest payday loans. So really, Facebook, all they're doing is just doing something to help people. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So anyway, Glenn, obviously I'm for this. Yes. Because yeah. I feel like they're just they're just altruistically <laughs> right. trying to reach out to people that don't have access to bank accounts. So I think this is a good thing. You think it's a good thing? Oh yeah. I uh, I mean one point seven billion, Glenn. So I know everybody that's, gets that's those a, notifications. That's a lot they can now pay to turn them <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. Um Brian, I think I'm going to pull an upset here, and I think I'm going to agree with you. Really? I think no, I'm not. I'm not going to. Oh, this is we, this is a hot button topic, Brian. I'm not going to. Okay. Yeah. Um, that that would be interesting. Brian, interesting. this is a uh, this is a shameless money grab from an evil corporation who can't <laughs> but help themselves. They announce this a year in advance so that they can ramp like, it up, get well, and get negative publicity. Actually, I don't know. I mean. You're giving it pu- positive publicity. Oh but, yeah, positive. But I mean, yeah. okay, maybe maybe the rest of the the fake news media is uh, like you and 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 thinks this is a well, good thing. But what, what else could it be? I mean, they're trying to help people here. Glenn. I mean, yes, you know yes. what I mean. Facebook at its core is an altruistic company. Yep. Only concerned for the welfare of their and privacy and all that stuff. Why else would you give away accounts? Right. Um. So yeah, I mean. Clearly, they're 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 not in it for the money. If Wait, they're are you saying away that they're free. in it for the money? 
Are you saying they're trying to make money well, on this? Well, te- technically, it is a money exchange. It, it is a money platform. Certainly, they're not going to take a percentage of this or something. Uh, if I may. Oh, okay. uh, they actually... So, this is a group of 20 investors who... They're early money in. Everybody contributes an equal share of $10 million. This is like a Ocean's 12 or Ocean's 13 plot line. <laughs> yep. There's 20 high-profile investors, profile companies, that have invested in this technology. And so, there's $200 million... Oh. So they got all the they got all the seed, seed they got the money. band back together. Yeah, the, the, and so like what happens is if it's um, and Facebook only has one vote in the governing session. Oh okay? right, even though they're going to promote Facebook, right? Libra, right? Right. Um, if the new currency succeeds, the founding companies and other early investors would stand to receive interest from the Libra Reserve Fund. So, so they're going to put a bunch of they're going to put a billion dollars in this reserve fund and then take interest off of it. Uh, that's that's what it sounds like. Hmm. Um, but so I assume they're going to give that money back to those 1.7 billion people, right? They are an altruistic company. I only assume I so. Was, I would not expect anything I mean, else. They from give Facebook. away Facebook accounts. What yeah, more do you want, free. Brian? It's free just to help people. Yeah. So uh, no, I can't agree with you, Brian. I think this is a. I think this is a shameless. Uh, I don't know if it's shameless. I think it's just a business decision mm-hmm. that they're trying to paint like a uh, like they're doing the world a good. I mean. They they go out of their way to say this is going to help women in developing countries, um, and it probably will. But you know, it's straight for the heartstrings, right? Like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other things that's going to help too if it actually succeeds. Yeah, in like theory, people's right? po- pocketbooks well, that are already right. very rich, right? They they conveniently sidestep that, you know, like. Yeah. So they're they're going to start with like a hundred million dollars. Two hundred million. Two hundred million. Twenty investors. Twenty 10 investors. Yeah. Like individual investors or are these like companies. Companies. Mm-hmm. Oh, companies are going to put the money. In. The different companies. And then they're going to support this. God, this is so messed up. I you convinced know. me, Glenn. I thought for sure this was just something nice they were doing for everybody. I uh, I should have read between the lines. Yeah. Yeah. I well, Brian. Look, this is normally you're the one. N- normally you're the eagle-eyed. Uh, I totally missed it. Yeah, I just trust Facebook implicitly. You know. Well, you gotta you gotta take off your like shaded glasses over there. I guess you gotta make money somehow. <laughs> it's light blue shaded glasses. That's a, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Who knew that? You know, offices and employees and cost money. Yeah, I mean, mm. I thought they were just doing it to be nice. Well, they are nice. Well, so anyway, Glenn, do you think this is going to take off? Do you think it's going to work? I don't. I mean, it's it is interesting that they have ba- they have um, Mastercard. Oh, what was it? Oh, so they must be selling data too. <laughs> Probably. I bet that's what's going on. For good causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, who are their partners? They said they had partners with. I think I saw it in a different article, maybe. Oh. Um. The interesting thing, Brian, is that this is a blockchain technology, um, which is supposed to aid in privacy. Like it's going to address privacy concerns for, for money. Yet Facebook is like the biggest um, privacy thieves in the world. Yeah, right. They're they're the worst <laughs> about privacy yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Not only, I mean, have they been hacked? That'd be like the only thing that they haven't done to like screw everybody over. They've privacy been, they've been hacked. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. I just can't keep it all straight. The yeah, timeline I know. Of events here. It's un- un- unbelievable. Um, 
Yeah, Glenn. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Right. My, my question is, I don't think this offers anything that any other cryptocurrency doesn't offer. I mean, you can already trade money really easily with cryptocurrency, so I guess they'll just build it into their apps. Yep. WhatsApp, um, Facebook Messenger, uh, probably Instagram at some point. I don't know how you would use it in Instagram, but I guess you can buy stuff on Instagram just Buy now. stuff, I guess, yeah. Um, maybe they'll have Facebook Pay where it's part of the... Well, I can't I can't wait to get notifications about uh, Libra stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to buy your cryptocurrency <clears throat> from us. Right. Buy. Yeah. Stock up now. Just a reminder. Yep. So now, Brian, they're only one twentieth. No, one tenth of the uh, founding right. group, right? right? They're like, so. you know, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, the, they get the... The group together, mm-hmm. and that ep- epic scene, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will take the ring, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like that's Facebook, right? They, they've taken the they're well, taking the ring straight into Mordor. Frodo is just one eighth of the fellowship. You know what that's I mean? That's true. It takes all of them to get him there. But he's the ring bearer, right? So who's Smeagol? <laughs> Probably Mastercard. Mastercard, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems right. He wants it. Yeah, that, that <laughs> seems exactly right. Mm. Well, we somehow wove Facebook and Lord of the Rings together. Yeah. Um, so well done. This will be interesting. They have it. it it's a. Uh, it's really interesting. I expect. I expected nothing less from Facebook. Actually, I'm surprised that they're allowing other people to be a part of it. I think that's maybe the only way people will trust them. Maybe and the, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, I I read I read an article. I've actually found about this from one of the other. I follow one of a, a, a investment company uh, that they invest in startups. Oh okay. They're USV and they're actually one of the ten, one of the twenty, how many? One of the founding. Okay. And they're like, yeah, Facebook's in it, um, and the only reason we join is because they only have like one. One percent. It's not like Facebook and everybody. It's like one equal share, and he's like, otherwise it wouldn't make any sense. So I was really surprised that Facebook would allow that, but it makes sense given that they're identity thieves. Right. Um, it's basically like Robin Hood. They're stealing your identity and then they're taking it for themselves. To King John. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they're the opposite Robin Hood. Right. Take from the poor, give to King John. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, now that we've got that established, <laughs> I w- I'd love to have uh, Mark Zuck on to to mm. uh, refute any of these claims. No, I, I would put, give him equal time. I sent him. I sent him a. Uh, uh, I got on Facebook Messenger. Oh, okay. And I sent Did him. You a, message him. I sent him a message. Um, <laughs> I actually got on YOLO. Yolo. I sent him a YOLO. Did a Q and A. Uh, asked if he would. Uh, oh, for the uninitiated, YOLO is a Snapchat app that allows you to do anonymous q a with people it's like hot or not uh, it's like an evolved hot or not yeah for built into snapchat yeah which is which is great for contacting mark zuckerberg important stuff yes yeah, right that's exactly. like one of the uses nobody's the really uses. hit on yet. yeah so zuck hasn't responded yet probably because i'm anonymous <laughs> and he doesn't know how to get a hold of me the content of your message may have been <laughs> right I do have a birthmark. Uh, yeah. It's incriminating. So, mm-hmm. well, anyway. <clears throat> All right, Glenn. Well, we'll wait to hear back from Mark. 
and see what happens. Okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's uh, time for the uh, question from the gentleman mailbag mm, tonight. Okay. The final segment of the gentleman podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week, Glenn, I was reading this story, and it's all about the Reynolds Wrap Company. You know, companies are doing crazy stuff these days on social media to get some attention. And so Reynolds Wrap is for two weeks, and they'll pay somebody $5,000 a week, is, and they're going to pay for travel and accommodations. And the only thing the person has to do is eat ribs mm. the entire time at different restaurants across the country. Uh, and then also post a bunch of stuff to their social media accounts about grilling, grilling tips, some of the food uh, he or she's eaten, and you know what's good about it, and something a little bit about the town. And basically, he's just gonna he or she's gonna manage their social media mm-hmm. stuff. It's gonna be about barbecue and right. obviously about Reynolds Wrap because yep. for me, barbecue and Reynolds Wrap, right? They, hand in hand. They, it's like like you were saying. It's like PB and J, man. Uh, but anyway, Glenn, so I'm getting to my point here. My point is that I saw this and I was like, that'd be a great idea. I don't know if I'd do that for ribs. Mm. But so my question is, if you could pick a food that you would, you would get, you would get travel across the country, but you'd have to eat that food for every meal, uh, and, and you'd get paid for it. What would your price be? And what would the food be? Like, what's the minimum price somebody Man. can pay for you to do this? And they pay for accommodation while you're traveling. So, my my problem is, Brian, is that all the foods that I would do this for, mm. like, I would want to do, mm-hmm. would probably cause me undue gastronomical Stress. distress. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can make it two weeks. Uh, so... You gotta, you gotta be worried about your health, you know? Right. I mean, I... That's number one. I, well, it's just, you know... Nobody's winning if if you know. Yeah. You gotta like. Everybody's losing. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so if I'm trying to take a a yolo of a <laughs> yolo of a rib before I hurl, um, so <laughs> yeah, it's true. You got to be careful. So this is tough, right? So if mm-hmm. I did, if I wasn't worried about my um, my innards, mm-hmm. I would probably say burn ins. Burn ins. I love burn-ins. I can't get enough of them. Those are relatively... Well, I was going to say they're relatively innocuous, but we've we've had some... Knock you out. (laughs) Yeah, we've had some problems. Brian Brian had a very scary episode with the burn-ins. He died (laughs) from some burn-ins. He was paralyzed for three hours. (laughs) I Seriously, I... It's like uh-huh. a it's like a scene from the doors or something where he you right know what I mean? yeah yeah I was like sweating and just <laughs> sleeping I I it was the weirdest you're awake but sleeping oh god you're sleeping but awake uh-huh. uh yeah I I got it so Brian and I go to this rib joint and there and it's completely empty at lunch and the owner's yep. out front and he said and we see we're like oh we'll try this place. And the special was burn ins, and the owner and we asked the owner, "Hey, are these any good? Like, are these really good?" And he's like, "They're not good. They're great." I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, let's do so that. So we sit down. Three hours later, Brian can't move. He's <laughs> paralyzed, chained to the yeah, bed, yeah, <laughs> for fear of like sweating, losing all, yeah, <laughs> all senses. Really, I, I mean, was fine. I was fine. Yeah, Glenn was fine, uh, but. There was like some peyote in that, uh, <laughs> in those burn ends or something. Play, place burned down. 
Yeah, the place burned down it like ended six up months actually, later. Literally burning down. Probably for insurance reasons. Anyway, all right. So, so the point is burn-ins. <laughs> right. I would totally do burn-ins. Yeah. Okay. Um, and how much would somebody have to pay you to do this? Oh, man. I'd do it for free. Well, no, that's not true. They'd have to pay me for some medical leave. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's take some time off work. Yeah, you know, I would I would do it for five hundred bucks a week. Mm-hmm. What yeah, about you, Brian? About right. That seems about right. Well, burn-ins is good. I you know, there can be some dicey burn-ins out there though, and, and that's so the that, problem. That is, that's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely do. I would definitely do pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of a regional thing where you can yep. go and get different styles of pizza and you know vary it up mm-hmm. enough and visit different pizzerias and stuff. And I would do that. Um, you know, I'm trying to think how much I would do that for. It would be pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, uh, Re- uh, Reynolds Wrap is like comping every like airfare, mm-hmm. travel, yeah. all the food price. So everything's taken care of. So it's yeah. just a cherry on top here, bro. Yeah, I would do it for like a hundred bucks. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> right. Living the dream. Pay me ten bucks. You know, I'll yeah. think about it. Yeah, ten bucks. <laughs> you have a hard bargain. Yeah. Uh, I, my, my runner up was probably tacos. Tacos. That would be interesting. Like street tacos. That would be interesting. But again, street food, you know, you, my question is how does somebody like Anthony Bourdain do what he did? You know what I mean? He He was all over the world eating all kinds of stuff. I think he loved food that much. Uh, I, I watched a bunch of those episodes and there, I actually really liked that show. And there was some where he was just like, I can't. I'm gonna. It's not a good. It's not good. It's it's, it's yeah. a problem right now. Um, there's also that guy that had this this series about bizarre foods. Bizarre foods. Andrew yeah. Zimmern. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that one was. There, I only we watched a lot of that too, and there was only like one episode. Where he was like, I'm not. I can't do that. I'm not gonna eat that. But everything like the weirdest things, he would just put anything in his mouth. Man, it's crazy. I could yeah. never do such a thing. But pizza would be fine. Yeah, pizza. pizza tacos would be good. That's would, a good idea. I'm trying to think of something that I would, I, I could eat every day, and I could eat pizza every day. I could eat pizza or tacos every day for every meal. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I love Chinese food, but that's just not going to happen every meal. I mean, that's breakfast. No. That would be hard. Um, <clears throat> tacos, you could get different style. I mean, different, you know, meats yeah. and different. There's a lot of variants. Yeah. Yep. Uh, hamburgers? No. I mean, that's just. That'd be hard for every oh, meal. That just burger and fries. That'd be painful. You have to pay me a lot. Price goes up. Price goes up for burgers. <laughs> yeah, because also there could be some bad. Oh stuff yeah, out there. And there's you know ribs. I think there could be some bad ribs out there too. Yeah. There could yeah. Be res- yeah. That 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 seems like a bad. I don't know. Also, it's like a really fatty meat. Like it's just it's hard to pound that down. You should have just made a barbecue in general. <laughs> there you go. Give me your best barbecue dish. Yeah. I mean, that seems reasonable. Then you can get some variants in there. Yeah. But what you kind of do with pizza, right? Give me your best pizza. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe I changed my answer. Maybe it's like salad. Salad. Your, your, your best. <laughs> Cereals. <laughs> yes. Bowl oh, of cereal. Man. Give me your best bowl of cereal. Oh, hey, breakfast food. I would do like, well, I guess they're, they're it's like a. I could, eat, I could do specific. breakfast. I could eat breakfast all day long. Mm-hmm. That's, that'd be no problem. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. we've got plenty of ideas. Just yeah. reach out to us. Come on, Reynolds. Ten bucks? Reynolds wrap? Yeah, we'll beat this price. Just forget about the barbecue rib side of it and stick with the burn-ins, pizza, or some tacos. 
We are influencers on uh, I, social media. Uh, yeah, so. On YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. I have a uh, an anonymous friend named Mark. <laughs> um, we go back and forth. Oh, boy. Okay, Glenn. Well, before we get, we get ourselves in more trouble than we already are. Oh, gosh. Uh, that was episode number 159 of the Gentleman Podcast. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you in a couple weeks for episode number 160. Whew. Good night. Good evening.